listening to me? What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. You knocked me off of my feet. Woo! Welcome to Rock Talk, where we talk rock and roll all night in podcast every day. This is John Otney. And I'm Colin Westman. And today we're turning Rock Talk into Pop Talk. That's because today we are honoring the king of pop himself, MJ Jacko, the gloved one. Yes, Michael Jackson. He has a lot of nicknames. Uh, two other ones that I looked up were Space Michael and Smelly. Not sure when that was used. <laughs> oh, here comes Smelly. Pepsi commercial. Um, because if you weren't aware this year, um, specifically last month, uh, this is the 30th anniversary of the Michael Jackson album, Bad. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about the album. Uh, so in preparation, Colin and I both listened to Bad. I assume you listened to Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm to get through this. I thought you've never heard it. I mean, to be honest, I hadn't listened to it much in my life, I guess, because it was just an album that can't help but live in the shadow of Thriller. And even, I guess, if I'm going to go to another Michael, Michael Jackson album, I usually go to Off the Wall. But... Yeah, Bad's one that's kind of just sat there for me, even though it's got a lot of big songs in his catalog. But, um, no, I I enjoyed revisiting it, because it is a good album. It's really good. I think that's the reason I was interested in talking about it, is those other albums are critical darlings, and this one seems more of just, like, people were so impressed by how well it did commercially. So many, like we looked up, had nine singles. There's barely that many songs on the album. He did a huge two-year, maybe three-year tour for this. I don't think Thriller was even taken on tour. No. Which, which is bizarre. Biggest album of all time. It's fine. We're, we're good. Yeah. Go uh, star in The Wiz or something. Or whenever that happened. Um, so I thought a good way of organizing this would be to um, use the movie that we both watched in preparation as well. Bad 25, which is a documentary directed by Spike Lee. Um, the way that documentary went through this album is they kind of went track by track. And I thought that might be an interesting way of doing it. Maybe it's not. <laughs> Maybe if I could remember what all these songs are. You see, that's funny because like to me, I know all of these songs pretty well. Yeah, I know most of There's probably them. two that I don't know as well, and I assume they're the exact same two that you don't know as well because they're the two that no one knows. <laughs> Probably. So there won't be as much about those, but still, I think that's the best way to go about it. But before we get into the album, I thought it'd be fun just to kind of talk about whatever early memories we had of Michael Jackson, if any. So I was wondering, and if you want some time to think about this, I can answer it first. Like, do you remember your earliest perception or opinion of Michael Jackson, like a kid or something? Do you remember what you thought of him, like when you heard Michael Jackson, that name, if anything? Uh, I don't know if there was a one thing that came to mind. I just know the first time I became aware of him was he did that song for the Free Willy soundtrack. <laughs> I've never seen Free Willy. You've never seen Free Willy? <laughs> Even though I've been to michaelmadsen.com. 90s kids whale exploitation movie. <laughs> Is, what's, what was the song? Is it good? Uh, it's good. It's definitely one of his like ballady sort of like gospel pop songs where it's just like yeah. becomes a big sing-along at the end over the wall. yeah totally <laughs> i can't remember the name of it but i was just watching the video uh just prior to recording this on is michael jackson in the video like sort of <laughs> like it's concert footage of him and then just a oh. bunch of clips from the movie so it definitely seems like he didn't put like a ton of effort <laughs> into promoting this song but you know they used one of his songs for the soundtrack to free willy and that was my first <laughs> introduction to him i don't know if the video is like you know, attached to the VHS tape, like at the end of the credits, like you can watch the video for the song. Oh, that was the weirdest thing. I used to have a VHS of the movie The Mask that had like, I don't think it was a whole pilot. It was like half of the pilot to Space Ghost because mm-hmm. that was new at the time. It's Cartoon Network Space Ghost. 
it was bizarre. I just fast forward through the whole movie because I don't want to watch The Mask for the fifth time and get to that. So bring that back, please. Like uh, you're watching a Blu-ray and then you have no control. It just goes into something else. That was a good um, plan. Uh, but for me, Michael Jackson, you know, I feel like a lot of my early Michael Jackson memories are lies or things I made up that didn't really happen. Uh, I feel like at a very young age, like four or five, I saw the Thriller video on MTV around Halloween time. I don't know why I'd make up that memory. I'm being blown away by that because I've always loved spooky things and it's pretty much the best music video of all time and it's just <laughs> awesome. And then I feel like I also remember like the song Black or White being new, but it's like, no way. Like I would have been what, like three when that <laughs> song came out? It had to have been like four or five years old when I actually like saw that and was like, oh, I'm, I'm taking all in, all in all this information. This is, this is something I know. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, what's sad is a lot of my early Michael Jackson memories were like, oh, that's the guy who touches kids and stuff, which is unfortunate. I don't know when his first big scandal with that happened, but I feel like it might have been the early 90s, maybe late 80s, somewhere around there. So that was tough because I don't hold that opinion today, and I don't really want to go into that too much. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the most provident one was when he dangled that baby off the balcony. Yeah, that's But that was like early 2000s. I think he's just like a weird guy. I mean, he's like basically been working every day of his life since he's like five years old in an abusive household. I mean... He's doing the best he can, right? It was a weird life. It was a weird personal life. Yeah, but he made some great music, and that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, let's just just go into bad. I have some other questions about Michael Jackson in general that we can cover after bad. So, uh, we'll do that then. But yeah, let's, let's go into it. Track number one is the lead single, Bad. So, great music video, greatest song of all time, badass. Thoughts? Lots <laughs> to take in. Yeah, it's a pretty good song. It's uh, interesting that it was conceived as a duet between Michael Jackson and Prince. And I guess now that I think of it, like when I first like started seriously listening to Michael Jackson in like high school when I went and bought the CDs of Off the Wall and Thriller. It was also around the same time I was getting into Prince when I was buying like 1999 and Purple Rain on CD. And I guess, I don't know, the two were sort of forever intertwined and like still because they kind of died early and both were just these huge megastars from the 80s sort of taking R&B and making it very pop and very accessible. But um, <laughs> apparently they, they wouldn't have jived together music, musically on this collaboration. They weren't enemies, know. were they? <laughs> they weren't like enemies. I think it's they're just uh, it was just like that kind of competitive thing, I think. Yeah, healthy where, competition where it back just, and forth. Yeah, couldn't help but <laughs> come out. Was Prince really doing that well, like, to compete with Well, I mean, I don't think Prince ever sold quite as many records as, as Michael Jackson. I mean, he obviously did because no one sold more than Thriller. And they also went in kind of interestingly divergent uh, directions after, you know, they both kind of had their big albums in the early 80s, Prince with Purple Rain and and Michael Jackson with Thriller because Prince's album after Purple Rain, Around the World in a Day is... It wasn't a very commercial album. He was kind of more experimental and pretty good. And then he also did Parade after that, which was another pretty solid album. And then I think the same year that Bad came out, he did Sign of the Times, which again is really all over the place, but also just a fantastic, you know, artistic statement. And Michael Jackson, I think, like, wanted to just be as big as humanly possible in terms of success and i don't think prince was really that interested in in making more pop worthy albums and and bad's definitely his attempt to just be like i'm gonna continue being the biggest (laughs) thing on earth every song is gonna be a smash also if i want to throw my two cents about that rivalry 
feel like Prince is way more explicit in his music and sexual. Oh, yes. <laughs> Probably the most sexual artist of all time. Whereas I feel like Michael Jackson, like he can't even show the thriller video without a warning. Be like, this, is, this isn't real. I don't endorse the occult. Yeah. Okay. This is all okay. See, I'm friends with Macaulay Culkin. Everything's good. <laughs> so definitely different in that way too. So I don't know that he's that bad. Prince is way better. Well, sure. But the music video <laughs> makes him seem pretty tough. Do you like that music video? Yeah. It's got a young Wesley Snipes. I don't know if I've ever watched... I probably have a couple... Once or twice. The whole intro beforehand. I forgot how long it was. I I, I shouldn't say music video. He calls them short films. Mm-hmm. Which I think is cool. I love that he was so into that process. And that he loved movies. Uh, it seems like he always wanted to be an actor. But... uh I don't really know. I don't. I mean, I do know. He doesn't really seem like a very good actor. Even in this, like, he has to be like really emotional. Yeah. And I just wonder if Martin Scorsese was like, "Um, oh, it's fine, just go." <laughs> He's like, oh, "I'm bad. I'm bad." Yeah. It's interesting. I don't think Wesley Snipes. Um, I think they mentioned that in the Bad uh, Twenty Five that he wasn't really notable for anything before that, right? That was kind of his breakout. I think so. It was a music video. Yeah. I can't think of any other actor that rose to prominence that way but i mean excuse me it's a short film so there you go so the, let's talk about the way you make me feel my great intro mm-hmm. which uh was way harder to do on the fly to like scream like that i don't know how he does it <laughs> i think the thing that impressed me most about this song is there's like eight billion overdubs they're talking about that in the documentary just like how many like vocal tracks he's layering on this and how like he can he can easily he doesn't even have, need to have any musical accompaniment when he's recording it just go into it mm-hmm. and maybe he'll just snap along I think they also mentioned he's like the best snapper <laughs> in like musical history. I don't remember who said that, but I mean he's recorded in like it's um it's on the album. It says like snaps by Michael Jackson. When you have to credit snaps, he takes pride in his snaps. I mean he he's good at making a lot of those like extra noises, those like vocal hiccups and whatever you want to call that, claps and snaps and um. But this song like. I don't know. It's like just sugary pop music. It's just, you know, it's fun. It's got a kind of a nice West Side Story music video. I like uh, the uh, in the documentary, they're, they're talking about, like, you can't kiss Michael Jackson. Don't kiss Michael Jackson. He's too shy. It. He's too shy. Yeah. Like, what would have happened? <laughs> he would have <He'd> farted. <laughs> he would have turned to dust. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think I have too much else to say about that one. It's pretty. It's like probably the most straightforward song yeah. on the album, um, which is like the next song is like the exact opposite. <laughs> Speed Demon. Speed Demon is one of those things where I, I saw the music video like, like way too young, and then like years later I'm like, did I? Was that real? Was that a dream I had? Where a claymation rabbit is riding a motorcycle, and then like years later when I saw it, it's like, oh my god, that's that thing that I saw as a kid. Because uh, if we could just take a minute to talk about the music video, I think it's horrifying. <laughs> Yeah, I had never seen it before until I watched this documentary. I was like, what the hell is this? It's horrifying <laughs> from like the first like couple seconds in because like it's live action. He's like on the studio lot, wherever. And there's like a tour group vehicle and there's two claymation people in it. And he's like, it's my guy, it's my And like the kid's face turns like way too angry looking. And he has like mm. sharp teeth. But then... And the, the music video does this a lot. When you zoom out, they're people in costumes, and for some reason, it makes it way scary to think that they're like life size, <laughs> really big. And then Michael's just running away, and he's also confronted by like, these 
fat claymation scooter scooter guys scooter that guys. sound like they're voiced by the goofy voice actor. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you saw my belly button. <laughs> and the only way to get away from all these guys is to turn into a Michael Jackson claymation rabbit. And then, like, I don't know, just get away. Does that, like, look good? It doesn't look great. I mean, the <laughs> shadows on the uh, claymation characters look questionable. <laughs> um, I, I don't... Because I'm guessing they didn't do it with, like, a motion capture type thing. They probably just overlaid the claymation on the whatever they filmed. So it's not, like, perfectly integrated, but... It's it's a cool little video. It's it's pretty terrifying, but it's pretty it's pretty inventive. But as for the song, like you know, for so long I was so caught up on that music video, and I feel like I appreciate the song a lot more now. It's incredibly percussive, which is really cool. <laughs> that cool like sped up keyboard part. <laughs> what? How do you do that? What is that? Is that supposed to be? What instrument is it supposed to be imitating? Is that like a really really fast bass or? <laughs> I don't know what it sounds like, but it just sounds really synthetic, keyboardy. I wasn't sure when to talk about this, but maybe I'll talk about it now. Um, I didn't want to really want to go into like weaknesses or anything, like especially this early on. But do you think this album relies too much on synthetic instruments, or do you think it it works for what it is? Because like, like that's a good like, question. Because it is very. Uh, uh, it feels very of its time. <laughs> like, yeah, like the drums and bass and stuff is really heavy. It just like smacking you in the face, but it's what they're going for, and it. I think it works as as that kind of like really in your face pop sound. I guess it's just interesting because I think back to Thriller, and I think I mean obviously Michael Jackson's always had a lot of keyboards. There's probably no other artist that's used keyboards as well as Michael Jackson in, in music history, maybe. Yeah. But like I think back to Thriller, and I think real drums, guitars, bass, and mm-hmm. most of the bass. Or it seems like a lot of the bass on this album is is synth bass or like synth other things. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it has lots of other stuff too, but it's really synth heavy. But I don't know. I think I think if someone can get away with it. It's probably, it's probably Michael Jackson. Uh, let's talk about Liberian Girl. Liberian Girl, you came and you changed my world. A love so brand new. Liberian Girl, you came and you changed me, girl. A feeling so true. Liberian Girl. Um, another song where for a long time I really more of knew the music video than the song and now I appreciate the song but uh, did you see that recently for the first time Colin? What is the video again? It's, oh it's the one where it's like all it's nothing but cameos. Oh where they're all like waiting around. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah but it's like it's so of it's time there's like a lot of like like Ricky Schroeder's in it whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. Like and Lou Diamond Phillips when I guess he may have been A-list. Nice. That one week that he was A-list. <laughs> that a, you like the music video? Uh, I don't think I actually watched the whole thing. <laughs> you didn't thing. watch the whole I thing? I just saw it on the uh, the documentary. Oh, man. Did you at least see Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, I think so. Near the end, Dan Aykroyd comes in on a motorcycle with Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what's going on? He's like trying to be all cool. He's looking all fat. And then, of course, the part where Michael comes down from the director's chair. Yeah. And like Dan Aykroyd's like, Mikey! <laughs> Oh man, that's fun. And I, I, you know, it's got Weird Al, which is pretty cool. We haven't talked about Weird Al yet. He's in oh, the because yeah. they they think he's Michael Jackson, and he turns around. And he's like, no, but I think Bubbles is here. He's playing accordion in it too. I think that's so cool that Michael Jackson is all about that, like that he liked his songs, that he liked Fat. Fat's my favorite Weird Al song. By the way. <laughs> I'm just gonna put out best lyrics. When I go to the movies, I take up seven rows. <laughs> It's brilliant. Um, I love the cameos. My favorite is when Don King is talking to like a little version of Don King or possibly Buckwheat, which makes no sense. But uh, that's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> the song. The song's chill. It's super chill. It's got a nice beat to it. Mm-hmm. Um, li- is this, what is this? Libya? What, what area? What, where is what, Liberian people? Where would they be from? Wouldn't you... Liberia? I'm, I feel so dumb right yeah. now. 
<laughs> it is a place. I had no idea. Well, that's good. Liberia. So that's cool place. that, you know, like like they're saying in that documentary, you know, like no one would ever sing about like Africa, especially like uh, the beauty of Africa or someone from Africa. So that was kind of um, that was kind of a trailblazing idea, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like super chill, super chill beat. Mm-hmm. I feel like in that documentary they were showing how it was like they're like remixing it or something. I don't know what they were doing. They had like a turntable out. I don't know if that's actually how they did the beat to that song. But. No, I think they just had some guy who's like, "Oh, I got it on. I got a Liberian girl on this." Check out turntable. I got Sucker MCs by Red DMC. I don't know. Check it out. So I guess this is my life. I'm a DJ. Aren't you impressed? I was. I think that's more with that one. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if they'd taken that rhythm track from somewhere else. But super chill. Um, very low, uh, kind of like relaxed, low tempo kind of song for Michael Jackson, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Good Friends, uh, track number five, Stevie Wonder. I feel like everyone just says the song sucks. I don't remember what the song is. <laughs> it's just like all I can remember, and that's I feel like it's all they showed in the documentary too. Is like this is part where they're just like screaming back yeah, and forth. That was cool. It's basically what we just did. <laughs> That's that exactly what it was. Accurate representation. But I feel like everyone in that documentary is just like, oh, you know, it's like, this is not how you do an album. Like, you're just doing too much. There's lows and highs, and you got to bring it down. But no, it's like, you got to. I guess it was just too much for everybody. It was just like too much energy. They couldn't take it. It's fine. It's not that bad. But obviously, neither of us can remember it. Mm-hmm. I think it was no, it was not one of the singles. Uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, that's okay. <laughs> Let's talk about another part of me now. first became aware of this song i probably heard it before but i didn't really become familiar with it until i played the moonwalker video game michael jackson's moonwalker mm-hmm. for the genesis where you have to save the children and uh it's it's too bad because my first impression of it was negative because they use it during a cemetery level and they should be using thriller it felt so wrong but stupid me didn't think about the fact that well he's still promoting bad that would have been the album and the movie uh, Moonwalker, which I really should have watched in prep for this. Uh, I'll talk what about that a little bit. Yeah, what is that movie? Like? I can explain. Explain. I'll talk about it when we talk about Smooth Criminal because I feel like that ties way more into it. All right. But another part of me is just like it's like video game music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, well, a few of these songs out here remind you of like a, I guess of like the soundtrack to something like NBA Jam or a basketball game on the SNES. <laughs> That, that kind of sound but um yeah probably the most synthetic track but pretty into it i wonder if like this is like have you heard about michael jackson's uh foray into video game music and all no now people there's some talk about this whether or not this has really happened <laughs> but i'm almost positive it did sonic the hedgehog 3 Everyone says Michael Jackson did the music for it. Hmm. And I feel like there are like there there are facts that be like yes this happened. But mm-hmm. there's still people that doubt it cuz it seems so bizarre. But it, I feel like it's the same kind of thing where it's like people some people still don't believe that Michael Jackson was on the Simpsons. Yeah. Even though people say he was. He was there. Hank Azaria talks about meeting him and how weird it was, <laughs> how quiet he was. <laughs> but uh yeah, I um I think another part of me is like a like totally shows like wow this is like video game music and then he went to do video game music it, it all makes sense it all makes sense you got to check out the music to uh, Sonic the Hedgehog three it's fantastic I could definitely imagine those being Michael Jackson songs also mm. why did they never make a Michael Jackson Sonic the Hedgehog movie you know what I'm saying I don't think I know what you're saying. <laughs> wouldn't that have been great or he like teams up with Sonic no it's he like is a, Sonic he is Sonic. <laughs> Like he voices Sonic? No, he'd be him in a costume. 
What do you mean, like a felt Barty costume <laughs> where, like, the face is cut out? <laughs> Pretty much. He'd have, like, one of those, like, you just see that movie, The Grinch, Rod Hard's The Grinch. He'd oh, have yeah. one of those kind of faces. That sounds very disturbing. He wears the gloves, or the glove, at least. Now he just wear two. Like, the, the tag could be like, now he's got two. <laughs> They'd be all sparkly. Yeah. Who would be good uh, tails? Who's one of Michael Jackson's buddies? It's an actor. Like Eddie Murphy. Whoa. <laughs> this movie now costs like $50 billion. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if it's made in the early 90s. Ooh, George went as uh, Dr. Robotnik because oh, yeah. he's in the black and white video. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Missed opportunity. <laughs> he's the, the legs flop flying around. I bet Michael Jackson would be like, I can do it for real. And then he'd start spinning around. <laughs> So, so it's also like a like a realistic cartoon world, like the Grinch. Ooh, how about it's like so and uh, Eddie Murphy are in costumes, and the background's kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Robert Zemeckis will direct. It's like because of the part where they go into cartoon world. Does that happen? Am I, I remembering so. this correctly? Animated sure. background. Animated background, but they're. <laughs> You can play Speed Demon. Oh, you have to write a new song. No, probably. you got to play Speed Demon. Speed Demon. <laughs> that sound effect would play constantly. <laughs> so I'm going to... Well, I guess I can't pitch that now. Well, I'll keep that... Only you had a time machine. I'll keep that uh, idea in the uh, the old vault <laughs> up here. I'm pointing to my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about... Man in the Mirror. This is a song written by Cedar Garrett and Glenn Ballard, and it's pretty good. This is one of those ones that builds that sweet gospel and oh yeah. Totally. I feel like on this track though, like I'm pretty into it. It's just like so epic, and this song feels like so appropriate for Michael Jackson because it's a dude that struggled with his identity his whole life. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be one of his best, if not his, his best ballad. I don't know. Do you have a? Do you think of a ballad that you like more off the top of your head? Oh, that's tough. He's done a lot. Um, What's the big? Oh, it's um, he's a human nature with the big Yeah, on that's a good one. Dun, dun. This might be better. That's, I don't know. Man in the Mirror is like fucking yeah, huge. It's hard to even call it a ballad though, because yeah, it is so like it it goes places, man. You know, sweet to it as a key change. I'm looking at the yeah. It just just keeps ramping it up a notch. Like. The only thing is, it didn't have a sweet music video. It just was. I think it's just concert stuff. Yeah. What would be a good music video? Like the other side is like. So like the hedgehog is on the other side of the fear. Like yeah, I feel like that's that's okay. That it didn't have like a like a goofy high concept video. Like the song was I good guess, enough yeah. that it speaks for itself. That's true. You don't always need to go that over the top because he went over the top. He went over the top plenty <laughs> in his career. But no, love the song. Followed by another ballad that's uh, also uh, features Cedar Garrett. Um, I just can't stop loving you. It's fine. It's, you know, it's a... He, Michael Jackson's duets always seem to be kind of disappointing, which is so weird. Why do you think that is? Why are his duets, like, the worst songs on his albums? Is there any reason to that? Um, I don't know. Is it just like he needs all of the spotlight? I think, he can't share it? Maybe, like, because he's, a, like, a guy who definitely, like, lets loose when he's, like, locked into a song, when he's, like, front and center. But, like, when he does these ballads, he is he is more, like, toned down. Because, like, he's got to share it, you know? Yeah. And he's a nice guy, so he, he does that. He lets the other artists get their opportunity to to shine. Um, I actually wonder, what do you think about from Thriller, That Girl Is Mine? It's a dumb song. <laughs> it's kind of charming. In that it's just so dopey. 
<laughs> like that part where they're talking to each other is like, you know, I was looking at that girl before, you know. <laughs> Like, oh, come on, Paul. Come on, Paul. <laughs> come on, you're 20 years old. <laughs> like, they have an equal shot. It's pretty funny, though. <laughs> I think it, like, it almost, it, I wouldn't say it kills Thriller or anything, but it's like, it's so weird that it's like the third track I mean, on the album. It's the worst song. It should be like the last or second to last. (laughs) It's like you have that, and then you launch into like the three like greatest songs in Michael Jackson's discography. Yeah. So it's weird to have it right where it is. (laughs) Um. But I wonder, have you ever heard that uh, or listened? I don't know. Watched the music video to that Michael Jackson Paul McCartney like collaboration where it's like. It's one of Paul McCartney's songs on Michael Jackson's yeah, song. I don't know. Say, say, say. I don't think I've seen the whole I think that's video. a much better song because the way that pretty much works is Michael Jackson kind of just sings like the chorus or the pre-chorus and chorus. Mm-hmm. But the music video is like super weird. They're like traveling during the Great Depression and like playing in vaudeville shows. It's bizarre. That was a bizarre friendship. Let's talk about Diana. Um, to me, this is kind of one of the lesser songs on the album. I like that he's trying to like rock, but when you compare this to like Beat It, it's just like it lacks so much. I think I think it doesn't help that we're like way later in the '80s, so like hair metal is like a bigger influence on what rock was at that point. That's all of that guy that they got to play. <laughs> now I think that might be Steve Stevens, who uh, I think was um, Billy Idol's guitar player. Yeah. But yeah, like I think that's like the back cover of the single or something, or maybe the cover of the single. I don't know. But like, yeah, who's, it's like, dude, look, Michael Jackson hates this fucking metal guy. Michael Jackson <laughs> just hangs out with everybody, you know. <laughs> it's all about just like musical diversity and just you know embracing everything. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. It's it's like it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm pretty okay. into this song to be honest. Like I like it. I like like a pop R and B guy being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do a rock song." Like I feel like even on uh, Janet Jackson's album uh, "Rhythm Nation," there's also like a rock song on it. It's totally yeah. like the same as this or like uh, "Beat It," where it's just like, "Yeah," but it's kind of like cheesy too. But I'm like kind of into it at the same time. I think I respect the idea. Just like I was saying. Rock at this point was like hair metal, so yeah. it's not quite as appealing as like Beat It, where it was still a little more like classic rock. But yeah, it's pretty rocking. He's a single. It's it's all right. Let's talk about Smooth Criminal. I can't believe this is the last song on the album. There's just so many hits on it. This is almost like, where do you put any song on this album? I, think, well, I, well, I was going to say, I think Man in the Mirror would be good to close it with. But like, yeah. you, you need to, like, it, an album needs to ebb and flow, so you need to have the big moments, so you need to bring it down for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, maybe Smooth Criminal needs to be at the end. But, oh my gosh, this is so sweet. This is one of those tracks where I, I, I come back I, back to the idea of, like, it's just too much synth? Because this is like, this again sounds like, it reminds me a lot of another part of me where it's. You know, just very video game music. But, oh my god, it's just like such a good part. I think that's one of those parts where Michael Jackson, I mean, it looks like he wrote most of the songs of this album, so, you know, just kind of came up with like the bass line and told them to it and would like sing that and then sing, you know, to himself. I think I've seen some demos where he'll like lay down like a rhythm part or something. Like that wouldn't he wouldn't sing like he'd do the bass line with his voice and then he'd sing over it so I guess that's how he composed but hmm. it's just like such a good riff <laughs> and this is a big part of like Moonwalker so I guess I can explain what I'm, I'm pretty sure Moonwalker is the movie yeah so yeah. my understanding it's kind of like a collection of long form short films or mm. music videos there's also so like a concert footage performance in there I believe Speed Demons in there. Smooth Criminal is actually the kind of the centerpiece because it's like 20 minutes long because it's also kind of like a 
I, it's like a mini movie wherein it's got like a plot sort of where <laughs> Michael Jackson has to stop Joe Pesci as Mr. Big <laughs> from getting all the children addicted to drugs. <laughs> Isn't that the most fiendish plan you've ever heard? <laughs> it's pretty fiendish. Yeah, hey, you're all going to be addicted to smack. Wow. And as a part of the new robot. Joe Pesci? <laughs> Michael Jackson, but okay. that's actually way better. That's like a power up in Moonwalker game. That's like really hard to do. Really yeah. hard to get to. Joe Pesci's in that game. He's at the end of every level, being like, <laughs> "That's great." I don't know why I haven't seen that. I mean, we watched fucking Captain E. We watched most of the really long Michael Jackson short films. Yeah, we're gonna do a whole episode dedicated to ghosts. <laughs> I don't know if we'd be able to <laughs> if, if, if you, get if that you much. This, you don't know what that is. Check out Ghosts. It's like a half-hour-long short film where Michael Jackson plays Roger, basically Roger Ebert, <laughs> and a pissed-off town townspeople who come to this spooky mansion where there's ghosts and dancing skeletons, and everyone dances, and it's pretty great. When was that? Was that like '90s? Was that post Dangerous? Or yeah, that was like '97. I think it really? played before some movie. I don't know what movie it plays before. Directed by Stan Winston. It, oh, remember a story by Michael Jackson and Stephen King. <laughs> okay, I have to. This is gonna kill me. I have to find out what movie that played before. Because like, why else did they make it? I guess you know because Michael Jackson had a lot of money. Just it, it, you know, honestly, I thought I thought it wanted. looked pretty cool. Yeah, it was '97. Michael Jackson's Ghosts. Um, it, this played before released with select prints of the film Thinner. If you remember, based off the Stephen King book. No, I I heard of it, but I don't. It's like a movie where a guy like is cursed to keep losing weight. You know, wither away to nothing. Yeah. So there's a classic actor, Robert John Burke, who replaced Peter Weller in Robocop. Also, Joe Montana. This is going, I'm going way. (laughs) (laughs) But no, check out Michael Jackson's Ghosts. It's fucking sweet. It's 40 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Damn, that's a long theater going experience to go see Thinner. And then I guess this leads us into, unless, oh, sorry, I didn't really give you a chance to express yourself in regards to Smooth Criminal. Well,. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. The first time I heard it was the Alien Ant Farm version. I don't know if you had that experience. I, I think I knew it. I think I knew the, the um, Michael Jackson version before. Yeah. I think I'd heard it. So. It doesn't get as much airplay, though, as a lot of other Michael Jackson songs. So. Or, or Alien Ant Farm songs. I mean, yeah. No, it, actually, it, it does. It gets the most. <laughs> what I'm about. But yeah, I mean, that song probably was like bigger when we were like young and impressionable so we probably have more experience with the alien ant farm version yeah i can't remember what your opinion on that song was do you like that song the alien ant the farm alien version? Farm version i think i do have kind of a soft spot for it um nice take on it yeah i i, I don't think there's anything wrong with it even though it is kind of like from the, that like really bad era of hard rock music like it's not quite new metal but it's definitely like the kind of band where they're all playing like it's eight string instruments <laughs> and they're all like tuned down yeah, and there's yeah. like sludge rock i think one thing that it does well is i feel like the original smooth criminal could really benefit from some guitar it doesn't have any no, it has that weird, like, but it's not like yeah. rocking guitar. It's like funky guitar. This is Annie 8,000 times. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but yeah, good song. And then that's Leave Me Alone, which is for some reason not on the vinyl, but on the uh, CD. It's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. got a nice little jangly piano. I remember seeing that music video on VH1. In some in some way, and uh, pretty into it. I like the part where he dances with the elephant man's bones. Was that a successful transaction? Was he able to purchase those bones? <laughs> I, I know he was interested. <laughs> I don't know much about that saga of Michael Jackson. Yeah, that reminds me. Um, since Bubbles, his famous chimp, has mm-hmm. a cameo in that. Did you hear that Taika Waititi wants to make a movie stop motion about Bubbles? No. I wonder if it's it looked like that music video, like kind yeah. of freaky like that, with like. I wonder if the Elephant Man will be in it. 
I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what this, this movie is. This is just would speculating. You know? Yeah. I guess I should say, since you mentioned it, like most of my conception of Michael Jackson was formed by VH1. Because <laughs> like, we grew up in that era when VH1 was like just regurgitating the 80s into our living rooms. Like, I feel like there's that uh, countdown that was like the 100 most shocking moments hosted by Mark McGrath, or Michael Jackson's on that, like, a bunch. And <laughs> that's kind of where I got the perception of his bizarre personal life. Yeah, he's got all sorts of stuff. There's all the uh, accusations, and there's the uh, him going on fire. Him getting on fire, yes. I heard that was the reason he wore a glove all the time. But I'm not sure if that's true. Because his hand was burned? It's probably not true. <laughs> He's one of those guys where there's still mysteries about him, you know? Yeah. That's kind of like one of the great... In a way, it's one of the great things on Michael Jackson is that we still don't... I feel like you still don't really know all, everything about him. Kind of like like Kurt Cobain or something. You still like, there's, there's still like a lot of secrets in that person, despite how famous they were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of like their mystique. Um, so yeah, that's those are all the tracks on in every, you know the version of Bad I'm familiar with. <laughs> Sorry, we're not going to bonus tracks if that's the thing. Um, so then I have a few more questions to kind of wrap up this conversation. Mm-hmm. So is Bad a great album or is it just elevated by its popularity? Like when you compare it to other Michael Jackson albums, how do you perceive it? Is it just okay, <laughs> or is it, is it a great album? I think you could say that. Yeah. I don't know. It It is hard to kind of separate when something's just like kind of designed to churn out hits and sell records. Um, but like, I feel like if you're going to make a pantheon of the great Michael Jackson albums, it's, it's thriller off the wall and bad. And I don't know if anything else quite comes close. Dangerous seems solid, but, kind of rambling and all over the place (laughs) yeah well yeah i think i made the shocking confession to you recently that i actually like this better than off the wall but you know to each his own i love off the wall but uh yeah i mean i yeah it's it's hard for yeah because this is the the most synthetic sounding of his albums and off the wall has that very sort of clean like 70s studio musician sound to it which i love but like yeah that's probably my favorite of the three do you have a favorite song on the album on off the wall no this one we're not talking about off the wall of this one um the wall and its next anniversary was it a couple years from now no we only got two years years. oh my god (laughs) i think spike lee made a documentary for that one too we'll watch that too five years after it was made yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh it's probably just made in the mirror i don't have an interesting pick for my favorite i'm gonna go with speed demon but not because of the music video because it's too it's terrifying it's pretty scary. scary but i'm all about it yeah Super danceable. Hella danceable. You gotta dance that shit. Do you think you, you'll return to this album again in the future? Or was it listening to it in preparation for this podcast the final time? <laughs> like, I'm good. I don't feel like I return to Michael Jackson albums that often. You know, um, I return to Thriller every every October because of just because of the song Thriller. And like, yeah. I guess I'll listen to the rest of this. So. I might put it on. I have it on vinyl and like, uh, like, Wanna be starting something might be my favorite Michael Jackson song. It's just like the ultimate. Just put it on and you'd like fucking have to dance, even if you're a goofy white dude like me. It's just just a banger, man. Well, you just cel- well, you to celebrate Michael Jackson's uh, what will be his sixtieth birthday, and that's gonna be coming up pretty soon. He's got maybe two years. Everything's in two years. There you go. <laughs> All right, so I think that's everything I wanted to say about bad. Bad is good.
So this leads us to a segment that we do every episode called Yesterday and Today, where we recommend an older album and a newer album. And I usually go first, so I will continue the trend. My Yesterday album is Sheer Heart Attack, Queen. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. one where they're like laying on, they're like laying, laying around. around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what they should have called that album. It's got uh, it's around. got Killer Queen. It's got Brighton Rock, a song that I wasn't super familiar with, but now love. It's a flick of the wrist. It's sweet. It's part of like a three song medley, which mm-hmm. is just awesome. It's flick of the wrist. You can imagine like all the layered vocals and stuff. That one's got Stone Cold Crazy too. Stone Cold Crazy. Yeah, it does. It's it's like I feel like this is like a. Queen's transition to like we, we fucking rock. Okay, it's like the first Queen album's like kind of weird. I don't know if you ever listen to that one. It's almost like prog, not prog, mm-hmm. but it's like weird, just weird. Yeah. Second one, it's like they don't know what they're doing, and then the third one, it's like it's, it's kind of where they f- f- like they've made it work really well for the first time. <laughs> I actually listened to it because uh, it was Freddie Mercury's birthday pretty recently, like a week ago. He's like, oh, I'll do uh, I'll do like a review of this on the blog, but I, I missed the deadline because we like to do those on Tuesdays for classic album Tuesdays. Fucked that up, so I'm talking about it now. Um, and I thought this would also be a fun opportunity to bring up. You see, they're making a Freddie Mercury movie. I think I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, Brian Singer's directing, and it stars the guy from Mr. Robot, hmm. and. Um, it's called Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Comes out Christmas next year, I think. Mm-hmm. And it sounds terrible. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds very good. There, what's the story there? <clears throat> what do you mean? Like, what, what like, would that be about? Um, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. I can't think of a, a story in the in Queen. Like, it's just him dying from AIDS. What's that? <laughs> is that where they're going to go? <laughs> What's weird is I know this movie, they're really struggling to make it because Queen, the band, retains like all the rights. Mm-hmm. So everything has to go through them. And I heard somewhere, I think it was Sean was telling me about like how it was their, like their vision for the movie is like about how they continued on after Freddie Mercury died. And it's like, that sounds like the worst movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> I'm Brian May. We got to continue the band, guys. Let's get this guy from American Idol and Paul Rogers. This is my Brian May. It's pretty good. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, makes no sense. It's probably just going to be about him like being kind of gay, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> like about his different relationships. Well, yeah, you know, I know Freddie Mercury. I mean, like he was like people say he was gay, but he also hung out with like a woman companion all the time. Yeah. But, like no one is 100. percent I don't know. I don't know what the movie is there. I feel like <laughs> there's so many other bands that would make better movies. Led Zeppelin would have a better movie. I guess it's they already that it's called Almost Famous. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I thought the Who would be good subjects for a movie. But Queen, I mean, it's tragic in the end, but the rest is, seems fine, right? I guess we'll find out when that. Yeah, seems like they all got along well, just churning out lots of hits. I mean, harmonizing beautifully. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll do a. Uh, Maybe we'll see it do a classic or rock talk. That's what this show is called. Yeah, a rock talk for that. For that movie. For that movie. No, I thought we could do rock fans that should get movies about them. Oh, like, let's do that too. That could be a. Subject. So you got the who? Let me. Uh, Sex Pistols is already sitting in, in Nancy, but I mean, is that <clears> something? I'm just throwing. I didn't even think. Yeah, that's that's probably better. That would be fun. Because the thing I feel like about any biopic is you have to pick like a good story mm-hmm. not just like this person had an interesting life let's tell the whole life story <laughs> let's be like choose one specific part of their career and make a movie about that like how like that brian wilson movie like focuses specifically on pet sounds and his relationship with that weird guy in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, maybe this movie, this Bohemian Rhapsody movie, has a great angle that um, I don't know about. Mm-hmm. 
I can report that Mike Myers is in talks to have a role in it, which is interesting because he was in Wayne's World and they famously sing Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World. That's true. It's all coming full circle. It's all coming full circle. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Colin, what is your yesterday pick? Uh, well, this one I'll do. Came out the same year as Bad. And um, I've been reading this book that uh, is called can't stop won't stop about the history of hip-hop sort of <laughs> at least that's what i thought it would be and it's not as much about the music of hip-hop it's more kind of just hip-hop is like a cultural force in you know post-civil rights black america and stuff which is really interesting it's a really good book it's just there are only like a couple artists that they really like focus on and one of them is uh public enemy and so i'll recommend their first album yo bum rush the show I'd actually never listened to it before reading this book, even though it's, uh, you know, a really good album. It's just, I think, it's because it came before their second album, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, which is one of the biggest, most important hip-hop albums ever, so this one kind of gets forgotten, even though it's it's got all the stuff that makes Public Enemy really compelling you know the the interplay between chuck d and flavor flav and the bomb squads just like loud awesome sample heavy funky beats um it's like a little before like they really started ramping things up on their second album like it's a little more tame like the thing about it takes a nation of millions was that it made hip-hop you know faster almost like it was hip-hop mixed with punk rock or something it was just like the kind of music that just grabs you and and it, you can definitely hear that on this first one too but uh yeah <laughs> one, one of the great hip-hop acts definitely i could see why they're paid so much attention to in this book some sweet song names terminator x speaks with his hands oh yeah that's the dj oh i know the best name also it's uh, a really mega blast <laughs> Damn. He knew how to be cool. You should have recommended that book for uh, Rock Talk Book Club. I guess. It's just, I, as I said, it's like not a book about rock, and it's barely a book about hip-hop on, music. A lot of these guys are in the Rock and Roll of Fame, all right? It's true. And the, the, we all know the Rock and Roll of Fame controls what is rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're so respected. Talks about That's why they built it in <laughs> Cleveland. Yes, the epicenter of rock. <laughs> I pretty much said everything I would have said in a rock talk book club. Okay, yeah, I, I, I've definitely heard it takes a nation of million souls back. So yeah, gotta check that out. This looks pretty intense. My next album is fairly intense, but <laughs> because it's just fucking rock so hard. I've been listening to lots of good albums recently, but I had to go with this one because I was listening to today in my car, and I was just like, sometimes you get so pumped, you just like want to like tear the wheel off your like your car. <laughs> you ever get that pumped? Well, no, not so pumped that I want to put my life in danger. <laughs> I was gonna put my life in danger. I like, I don't really have like super long hair, but I really wanted to headbang. I was like banging my head mm-hmm. to this in the car today, and this is the latest album by OCs. That's O H S E E S. It's called Orc. It fucking rocks. If this band sounds familiar, they've had like six different names and they've been around for 20 years. Some of their other names of the band has been Ornoka Crash Suite, OCS, Orange County Sound, The OCs, The Space O Space Cs, the OCs and now currently OCs. I don't know why they're changing the names so many times. Yeah, I think I know them just as the OCs. Yeah, that was their most recent one. This this one is their first album as OCs. Okay. And it's the it's basically this project by this guy named John Dwyer, who's just like a guitarist songwriter. It seems like a lot of the um, 
incarnations of this band are usually the same guys, so I don't know why they have uh, so many different <laughs> names. Let me see. How many albums have they done? One, two, three, four. Like, uh, well over, like, like 20 albums. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's like an album out every year. <laughs> but Orc is the one I'm talking about. And this fucking rocks so hard. It's kind of like garage rock. It's a little punky. There's one song that's just like straight up metal. And um, just to explain how much this rocks, four guys, two of them play drums. <laughs> I've never seen that combination. No. Like when you show me a combination of band that I've never seen, like that blows my mind. Like when you have a guitar player who's singing and then a bass player and then two drummers, holy fuck. <laughs> like I saw some live footage of them and they're killing it. Uh, so many good songs on this. Uh, just yeah, just go check it out. It's got a sweet album cover with like a purple orc head on it, and it's like, <laughs> like if I didn't, if I just seen the cover, I'd be like, this is probably like death metal. <laughs> but no, it's like garage rock. So it's only oh, it's fifty minutes long. That was a little shorter. But anyways, fucking rocks <laughs> flies by because you're just rocking and you're not paying attention to the road and having a good time. Yeah, I think. That- <laughs> band is just like they put out so many albums i'm like is this the one is this the one i should be listening to it's great and at when, a certain yeah. point i was just like eh, i'll just not listen to any of them but they seem good it's great when it's like this is the new one it's like well this is the new one it yeah, just came that, out that makes it convenient <laughs> and it got pretty good reviews you know not that it matters uh i know pitchfork gave like a 7.7 7 or something it's so. about, about as good as they do these days yeah so uh <laughs> worth checking out uh, if you like to rock, Colin, your today pick. Well, I believe mine also got a 7.7 7 from Pitchfire. It's a good score. Yeah, it's the new album by uh, Ted Leo, uh, The Hanged Man. He hasn't come out with an album with, you know, his band The Pharmacist since like 2010. And this one's pretty good. It's definitely like a, a little more all over the place sort of tonally and production wise, but it also has like the songs that he does so well. They're just like really kind of rocking and super catchy. Like he's definitely like, yeah, I don't know, like I guess you could call him like pop punk, but he came out like when pop punk was big and he was so sort of like diy and his songs are actually good and not cheesy and like kind of political too it's just uh yeah i like this one yeah i saw it had come out i was just on itunes i was like what ted leo like because i've only listened to that one from like 2003 parts of oak yeah Yeah. so i was like what (laughs) this is a thing (laughs) <laughs> that's good though that's good oh, does it have Wikipedia I saw it had like a painted cover yeah. I don't know really anything about it I don't really remember Ted Leo how would you describe his sound I would say punky but like very catchy and it is, he has a vocal style that I, I think he's a great singer he just sings up in a very high range and is very expressive and writes uh, interesting lyrics too he seems like just a solid all around dude <laughs> at the same time yeah I know yeah, I'm looking at this right now. This looks sweet. Also, I respect that neither of us recommended LCD Sound System because it goes without saying. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like we just did a podcast where we recommended a bunch of yeah. albums that had just come out. And I was like, well, I should pick something. Gotta throw that some more. We did. Well, I've been discovering a lot of good ones, and you'll hear about all those on future Rock Talks, hopefully. Oh, and I lied to you, OC's got a 7.4. So no. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. That point three. <laughs> It's a huge important. difference. Yeah, check out those albums. Check out Bad. There's a lot of good stuff right now. A lot of good stuff coming out. A lot of good episodes coming out. Maybe we'll do one about uh, bands that should get biopics. Or maybe we'll do something for Halloween. Spooky time. Maybe we'll <laughs> review Ghosts. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see it again. I don't know if anyone's ever seen Ghosts twice. Probably <laughs> <laughs> not. We'd be the first. Yep. So if you like this podcast, make sure to check us out on MildlyPleased.com. You can also go to iTunes and search Mildly Please and see some of our other shows. We just did a recap of our favorite like pop culture things of the year. I think that's going to be on probably by the time this is on. Do you think you can yeah. make, these, make these harsh deadlines? I think I, I can okay. do that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 
thanks for joining us. Uh, see you next time. And make sure to pull over, boy, and get your ticket right. <laughs>